Good morning, church. We're going to read this morning from Ruth, and we're going to bounce around a little bit, so follow as best you can. And Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, Please, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain, after one in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Then Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reapers, Who is this young woman? And then she said, I have found favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and indeed have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like any of your maidservants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here, that you may eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers, and he served her roasted grain, and she ate and was satisfied and had some left. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Thank you, Greg. That second chapter of Ruth is loaded with uh, insights and applications. In fact, we're going to take two weeks on that. Uh, because I'm going to go one direction today, and then we're going to go another direction uh, when Pastor Brad gets back week, a- week after next. So it's going to be good. Good to see you. Hey, one other announcement before we get into the Word today. Guys, uh, next Saturday, next Saturday, I want to say this, my Daniel fast will be over. And yes, I'm going back to some pork and sausage gravy. So it's going to be a good day. But we're going to have men's breakfast right here. It won't be in here. We'll be over in the uh, children's auditorium at 9 o'clock. I go from 9 to 11. And we've got three incredible testimonies uh, from some different guys in our fellowship. It's always good. But it's going to be a great time to meet some people and, you know, just get encouraged. So, uh, ladies, I'm going to speak to you. Uh, Write that down on your calendar to remind him, okay? If you'll do that, we'll have a higher attendance, I'm sure. But it's going to be a great time. I hope all you guys will block that out if you can come. Make sure you're there. All right. Ruth, can you find it in your Bibles? I have, I listen, I'll just confess it. I know I'm a pastor, but I, I see, Ruth, where is that? So I have to start in Genesis, right? You know, do the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. Ruth, oh yeah, there it is. It's before all those history books. So if you have scriptures and you want to uh, turn over there, Ruth, and we're going to be in the second chapter today. Well, we started this incredible series uh, a couple of weeks ago. And man, the first chapter... Uh, Brad called it a, a kind of a romantic drama. It was just kind of depressing, right? I mean, when you hear about a lady, you know, and her husband being such bad financial straits that they had to move from Shelbyville to Cleveland, you know, to, just to find a job, you know, that's what happened. They went to Moab, and uh, while she was there, uh, her two boys married uh, foreigner girls, so they both got married. One of them married a girl named Ruth, and the other one married a girl named Orpah. But anyway, whilst they were there, in less than a 10-year span, uh, Naomi's husband died, and both of her sons died. I mean, it's terrible. That's all in the first chapter. And, of course, it leaves the three amigas, and, and they're going, what do we do? What do we do? And so they'd heard that things had kind of changed back in Shelbyville or back in uh, Israel, and so they moved back. But they moved back without any promise of a better life. I mean, they had no men. And in those days, men were very much a big part of a woman's success. Now we know it's just reversed, isn't it, ladies? 
Yeah, 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 go ahead. You can say that. We know it's true. And so, uh, so but in those days, man, the men, and, and she, they had no men. And so they came back depending on God and trusting him that he was going to make some changes for them. So first chapter, abject poverty. The girls are in a mess. They're in a bad situation. And then chapter 2 starts off with a whole different perspective. Listen to how it starts off. Now, Naomi had a kinsman of her husband. It's on the, on the hus- husband's side. A man of great wealth. Will you say great wealth? Yeah, this guy was not just getting by. This guy, you know, the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, it's the word loaded. Okay? It's really not. I just made that up. But loaded. This guy, he, he was loaded. I mean, he was not just kind of rich. It says he was great rich. Now, you may know some people that are well off, you know, everything's good, but then you might know a few people, and I hope that some of these, some of you are those, this guy, but I mean, he has great wealth. Now, we're going to look at some things because that contrast and really that situation can cause a lot of us some real situations. I mean, doesn't it sometimes when you see people over here that have everything, it seems like, you know, the haves, and then over here you see the people that are the have-nots, Right? And you're going, God, why is this? I mean, how come some people are so financially blessed and other people seem to just barely keep their heads above water? Now, we used to have a middle class, you know, the have lesses maybe, or maybe oh, from, compared to these guys, we have a little bit more. And uh, unfortunately, that, that class is kind of getting thinner and thinner, but we hope that we are going to see it in, in, increase and change. But great wealth, great wealth. Now, when I see that, I know it's real. You're not going to change it. It's not going to change in a day. It's definitely not going to change in one election cycle or five election cycles. It, it changes as God releases things into our lives. So, but the question is, what was going on in this guy Boaz's life that made, it, made him such a prosperous man? And I, I think there's several things. Scripture has several things. I mean, he was, he was blessed. You say, well, did he get his money the old-fashioned way? You know what that is, right? Yeah, he inherited it. Well, could have been. You know who his mama was? His mom and dad, Boaz's mom and dad, was Rahab and a guy named Salmon. Now, earlier in history, not that far back in history, there was uh, an invasion uh, of, of the Israelites coming into Canaan. And they came against a city named Jericho. You remember this story? And there was a lady there who God used to save the spies' lives. They were checking out the city, and the king heard about it. He's going to try to find them and kill them. And this lady, Rahab, uh, what, you remember her second reputation? What, 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 what was that? Yeah, the, the prostitute. Ray, wouldn't you have to have that on your life the whole time? Rahab the prostitute. Well, so we know she was a businesswoman, right? So, so we know she had some skills there. But anyway, she had a, she had a room. I, I'll hate to say what that room was, but she had an apartment. And uh, we won't say brothel, but it, may have been, it was something going on there. But anyway, she got converted. I mean, she, tr- she repented and trusted the God of Israel. And she, and she preserved these guys' life. And, of course, a lot of the romantic stories in church history says that Salmon was one of the spies, and he was the one who ended up marrying Rahab. Now, that'll make for a good, you know, you know romantic, not comedy, but uh, story. But anyway, so that, that was his parents. So the thing was, because she was so popular in 
history with the Israel people, yeah, she probably had God's favor. So who knows, they may have prospered and maybe he did actually inherit some things. But one thing we know for sure, he had godly parents. I mean, when she got saved, her life was totally 100% God, Jesus. I mean, she, and of course, she wasn't following Jesus at the time, but, but she was totally devoted to be a follower of Yahweh. And so God blessed her. There's no question. Blessed Tamman. So that was one thing he, he might have inherited, but here's what we do know. We know that God speaks some things about prospering and about financial provision and even in the midst of God allowing poverty and great riches to exist. Most of us, either, well, we have, I think you have the same attitude I do. God, how come? I'm not a socialist at all. It's not like I'm saying, God, take all this and blend it all out and let everybody be equal. That's not God. I believe God is very much a capitalist. I believe all that stuff is, has biblical precedence. But still, we have a hard time. I think you do. I think if, if you're in a position of great blessing, I think you want that for other people. I hope you do. Uh, if you're in a place of, of stress right now and financial difficulty, I hope you're not resentment and hating the people that maybe not be exactly there right now because it's all a seasonal thing we're going to see. But here are some principles. God does give us some principles. And unfortunately, let me say one other thing. Most of us, end up with this guy. His name is Agur. He's over in Proverbs 30. Now, I am not saying this is where we all want to be. I'm just saying that God recorded this for a guy who had a get-by mentality. Uh, won't, won't you read this with me? He, this guy says, he says, Lord, I have two requests. One, uh, keep deception and lies far away from me. And then this was the second request. God, don't let me be dirt poor, but Lord, don't let me have too much. Because if I'm poor, I might slander your name by stealing and bringing bad reputation on you. But then he says, and God, don't give me too much because I might end up forgetting you and then turn my back on you. Now, I'm not saying either one of those. I mean, that's where God wants us with that get-by mentality. In fact, I don't believe that's where God wants us. I believe God wants us all to be in a place where we say, God, will you increase my character and my heart so that you can entrust resources to, to fuel the end-time revival that God wants to do in the earth today? I say, God, will you increase my capacity to be faithful if you give me more resources than I have right now and you know I'm going to be faithful with them? That's where God wants us. Can you say amen to that, anybody? Now you say, oh, but pastor, that sounds so tricky. Yes, it is, because, man, we, we have our hearts get, get messed up. So anyway... Where did Boaz get his wealth? Here's some thoughts. Here's some thoughts. Proverbs uh, uh, chapter 10, verse 4, and Proverbs 10, verse 22, compares two things. Here's what Scripture says. It says, Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. So here's one thing. He says, hey, guys, people that have an attitude of I'm willing to work, I want to work hard, I want to be diligent, I'm going to be faithful with it, God says they put themselves in a position to prosper. That's positive. You work hard, you're in a position to prosper. Um, now, it didn't, see, Boaz had a cousin. He had a, another cousin. Boaz had a cousin, and he didn't prosper, but his, his, his name was, it wasn't Boaz, it was Lazy Ass, okay? And uh, that was a problem. See, it, it made him live with his other twin brother, uh, Broke Ass. You've probably heard him, yeah. yeah they, they were both there. 
and uh, their whole family was, had a reputation of being poor ass, so that was where they were. That, say, Pastor, you didn't really say the as, A-Z, A-Z. I, yeah, I was pushing it, I know. But thanks for paying attention. So diligence, will you say the word diligent? Diligent, that just means work hard. That means be faithful, work hard, show up, be on time, be early. Diligent, that's diligence. God says, I bless that. I'll bless that, I'll prosper that. And then Proverbs 10, says this. It's the blessing of the Lord. If you're writing notes, it's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. So maybe you inherit something. You have good examples of role models. Now, see, that was great for Boaz. He had that. But some of us didn't have that. Some of you grew up, if you hadn't worked, your family would have been part of the broke-ass family, right? If you hadn't worked, if you hadn't taken care of your kids, if you hadn't helped take care of your brothers and sisters. And you know what? And God, God will still bless you and show himself strong on your behalf just because of that character that you developed through that hard situation that you had. Now, if you were one of, like us, I had great parents. I had hardworking parents. My mom and dad both worked, and they both made sure we always worked, always, uh, from the time we were young. But the thing is, that builds character in us, and God can bless that. So work diligent. Uh, God's blessing is on you. That's another reason people get blessed. It's just God's blessing. He chooses Maybe he sees people and he says, you know, I can trust them with a lot. And they're going to be faithful with a lot. Just like when they were younger, they were faithful with a little. See, because God says, if you're, if you're not faithful with a little, he says, Jesus said this, I'm not going to entrust more to you. So faithfulness is a key. So there's a couple of factors. Here's another one. This is a big one. Proverbs 19, 17. And we know this was true about, about uh, Boaz. Look what 19.17 says. One who is what? Gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord, and God will repay him for his good deed. Can you imagine? God says when you bless people less fortunate than you, even though you might be going through a tight situation, God says it's like you're lending him money. How many know God pays his debts? Yeah. It's like you're giving money, you're lending money to the Lord when you give money and support and strength to people who are less fortunate than you. God says, be gracious. God wants us to be gracious people. And, and another word that goes with that is generous. Proverbs eleven twenty five. 25, look what it says. It says, the generous man will be prosperous. He who waters will himself be watered. God says it's like this, when you're given out, he uses the analogy of water. He says, man, it's going to be raining on your back. God says, he who waters will himself be watered. You see, because there's another brother, there's another cousin that Boaz had. It's called Stingy At. God says, I don't want you to be any of those guys. I want you to be like Boaz. I want you to have those kind of character qualities. You want to, you want to use what good things God's built into your character. You, want to be, you don't want to be negligent, but diligent. He says you want to, you want to have, uh, receive the blessing of the Lord. Expect the word of God to be true in your life. See, some people react and they say, oh, I don't know. That just sounds like you just get the wrong attitude. I mean, you don't want to give just to get. Can I just tell you, you didn't make that up. God did. See, God didn't, and, and I just want to tell you my heart. Okay, this is where I am. As, as a pastor, seen a bunch of stuff, been through a bunch of stuff. 
God knows my attitude. God knows your attitude. God knows your motives. God knows my motives. But it doesn't change the word of God. See, the word of God is sent from God, settled in heaven, and he says it doesn't return back to heaven empty. It always accomplishes what God sends it to do. And God says, even if, I believe, even if your attitude and motives are wrong, which I hope they're not, but even if they are, and you give to other people, and you're generous, and you're, you help other people in need, I believe you're still going to be blessed. Now, you may not keep it as long as you would if you have the right attitude, but God's word is settled in heaven, and he says, if you water, you're going to be watered. God says, you, be, you give, God says, I'll give you more seed to give. Because, see, there's... There's a, there's a law. It's called the law of the harvest. You've heard this, right? I mean, I see, Kurt, I see different farmers here. You know there's a harvest. You've got to plant before there's a harvest, right? We know that's always true. And I, 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 we, we, next Sunday, y'all need to get ready to shout, there's some harvest that happened over the last few months. We're going to baptize 32 people. 32 people. Isn't that something? That have trusted Christ. We're going to have baptism next week. Now let me tell you what though. That didn't just happen like that. Let me tell you what happened. It happened because somewhere back here, somebody planted some spiritual seed into their heart. You see, the seed had to be planted first. Then the Spirit of God waters it and something happens. And finally they come to a place where they said, Jesus, I am a sinner. I know that. And I need a Savior. And Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I trust what you did for me. And they, they best they know how they give their heart to him. Well, see, that's a harvest. But now listen, this is true. Some of you go, but how come there's still bad things happening to me? I gave my heart to Christ. I know my sins are forgiven, but man... I still have a hard time. There's bad things happening. Here's the reason. You planted some bad seed back here. How many of you know some of that seed's still producing crops? Come on now. Had a dear sister that came to Christ, you know, and, and she loved Jesus and she was serving people, you know, but she got called back to court and they changed her, the court date changed some stuff and she, had to, she went back in. She's incarcerated right now. Now she loves Jesus. And God changed her heart, forgave all of her sins. And you know what she said? She said, I used to be a meth addict, not anymore. I'm, she said, you know, she said I'm, I'm addicted to Jesus now. I said, well, that's good, honey. That's good. Just let him work in your life. But here's what happened. She was reaping, even in her new saved Christian life, she unfortunately was reaping some bad seed that she had planted years ago. Can I just tell you that happens to all of us? But now listen to this truth. It's just as true. You keep planting good seed, righteous seed, giving seed, merciful seed, gracious seed. And even if you're over here as a believer and you're not being so good, guess what? The seed is still going to produce some good things in your life. It's because the word of God is true. The word of God won't lie. Now, it's a whole lot more fun when the word of God is producing good fruit and you're living up to it, right? Okay, and people have an easier time believing your message when, you know, your lips are lining up with your life, right? That's true for all of us. So anyway, all of those factors are going on in, in uh, Boaz's life. And it's character. Now, guys, I'm saying all that to say, you're him. You're Boaz. Let's all be Boaz. We, we, we don't want to be his cousins, but we're, we're, we're going to... 
produce, we're going to give, we're going to be gracious, we're going to be faithful, we're going to be diligent, and then we're going to be expectant that the harvest that we've planted, the seeds that we've planted, God's going to be faithful to let a harvest come. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Man, Boaz was blessed. He had land. Now, there's a, that's a blessing as well as it has responsibility. I want to show you what happens. You see, Scripture says that uh, Ruth, in verse 2, she prays. She says, Mama, let me, let me go work. I want to go work. You know, it's like a song I was playing all day Friday. You know, put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. You know, put me in center field. I want to see some action. That, that was her. That was her attitude. And so, God led her. And she went to a field, ended up belonging to this guy, Boaz. She'd never met Boaz, never laid eyes on Boaz. And Boaz had never seen Ruth either at this point. But here's what it says. See, this is where Boaz was living and operating, Leviticus 19. See, here's a law that goes, if you're blessed to have land, then there's some things that go with it. It's responsibility. Now, here's what he said. He says, now, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very corners of your field. Don't gather all the gleanings of your harvest, nor shall you glean your vineyard. You shall not gather the fallen fruit that's on the ground. You shall leave them for the needy and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. You guys that just harvested your corn here a few months ago, if you can picture, you know, the tractor doesn't go all the way to the edges, okay? Back then, they left the, the outside unpicked, ungleaned, so that poor people and people from another country that were passing through could actually go into the field and actually collect some grain. Now, I like this. This is a whole lot better than what we practice sometimes. See, he didn't say, all you rich people, all you people that have money, you make some bread and leave little bread stands on the side of the road and let people come by and get free bread all the time. How many of you know he didn't say that? He says, no, you let those people work. You let those people go glean their own harvest. Let them build dignity in their own life. Let them clean it up, break it up, make it into flour, make the tortillas out of it, and they keep going. Now, that's what the law said. So, as a landowner... Boaz did that. Deuteronomy 24, 15. Here's where the promise comes. Listen to this. He says, And when you reap your harvest in your field, and you've forgotten a, a sheaf in the field. Now, see, we do that as, as corn farmers too, but really we're just baiting the deer. But, but you, <laughs> I know y'all can go ahead and admit it. I know it, you're not supposed to, but I, we know. You've forgotten some of it in the middle of the field. You shall not go back and get it. It shall be for the alien, for the orphan, and for the widow, in order that the Lord your God, look at this, in order that the Lord your God, will y'all read that last sentence with me? In order that the Lord your God may bless you in all the works of your hands. God says if you've been given extra income and you have property and you have farms, he says if you will be faithful not only to feed your own self but to help take care of other people, God says I will Bless your hands. It's true for us. Can you say amen? amen? It's true. It's true. He was a landowner, and that was another reason he was blessed. Now, here's a third thing. Scripture says that Boaz had a lot of employees. He had people working for him. If you read down through the Scriptures, even, even Ruth went and asked one of um, 
Boaz's middle manager is one of the overseers. He says, can I work for you? Verse 5. And, uh, and, and uh, she, he said, yeah. She told her story and he let her work for her. But look, look at this. Look what he did. Scripture says, when he came in verse 4 to his reapers, look what he said. The Lord, he came from Bethlehem and he said to his reapers, may the Lord be with you. And they said, may the Lord be with you too. Let me tell you what I think practically that means. Some of you are in positions of management. Some of you are business owners. But even if you're not and you're just working for someone else to help them succeed, God says, speak blessings over people. Speak blessings over people. I remember I used to be on a large staff and, you know, I like what Brad does for us. Come around and you open the door just for a second, say, hey, good morning, just want to say good morning, bless you, man. Have a good day. Close the door, go to another person. Hey, just want to, hey, sister, God bless you. Doing a good job. Thank you very much. Close the door. Go to another. You may tell you what that does? The whole office gets lifted. You see, the blessings that come out of our mouth spoken are lifters. They lift things. If you're the principal at your school, we have principals here. Go to your teachers and bless them. If you're a Christian, they're not going to sue you because you say bless in Jesus' name, but just bless them. Speak a positive word of encouragement. If you're over a department, teachers, if you're a teacher and you're over a department, go to your classes, go to those teachers, and you say, well, bless you this morning, have a great day. And they go, yeah. And, you know, sometimes that's where our attitudes are. Oh, yeah, help me. No, but bless them. You become a lifter. How many of y'all get this? How many of you have been in a place where you worked and it was just a negative environment? Any of you worked in one of those? Isn't it a bummer? Isn't it a downer? Well, you know what? You are commissioned by Jesus, and as his representative today, I commission you, go lift the place. You be a lifter, and you do it through the words of your mouth by blessing people. That's what Boaz did. Why did God bless him so much? Because he was a blessing. Amen? I see some managers. I see some people over some departments. Can I just tell you? In Jesus' name, you have a responsibility to lift the spiritual atmosphere of where you work. If you're a doctor, we have doctors that come here. Listen, I know you're busy and you hate to open up any door because you open up a door and somebody starts telling you all their problems. I understand. You don't really want to go there. But you know what? It's okay. Bless the people that you're over in responsibility. Can you say amen to this? Now, if you're not over people and you're just a worker, can I tell you what you do? Be a Ruth. Because that's what Ruth did. Ruth went with the expectation that she was going to have an anointing to be a blesser. She says, God, your favor is going to be on me. She prayed that, verse 2. So expect it, and wherever you go, you be that. Amen, I like that. So anyway, he had employees. He blessed them. He, he, he greeted them. He spoke to them. He encouraged the works. Now, this is another thing. He recognized what was going on. Now, you do have that job, too, if you're a manager. And if you own it, you need to know what's going on. Well, here's what Boaz did. He sees this young, he sees this new Moabite girl, and he goes, um, who, who's that? I don't remember hiring her. No, no, you didn't hire her. I did. Uh, she came up this morning and said, hey, can I glean? And I said, yeah, glean over here. And he, he said, who is she? Well, see, Moab, I mean, uh, Boaz had already heard her testimony. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he'd already heard her testimony that who she was and what she had done. And so 
He says, that's great. So he made sure she was taken care of. So Boaz prospered. Can you say, go God? How many of you have, now this can be hard, okay? Honestly, I, I'm not bragging, but I grew up with some really wealthy people. Unfortunately, it was hard because I wasn't one of them. You know, I, I wasn't. My brother, man, hot, you know, he was a great baseball player in high school and college, and, you know, he got into sales, and, man, he, he was a millionaire before he was, you know, so young. And, you know, he lives on St. Simon's Island. You know, he, well, praise God, praise God. It didn't happen to me, all right? But, but here's the thing. You got to be careful because you can resent what other people have. When you recognize, especially when you recognize that you may not be quite there ever, you know, because you're not in that position. But here's the thing. God knows your heart, and God will put you in a place where you bless him. Because you know what? I got to lead him to Christ. I got to lead his wife to Jesus. I got to influence both of his daughters to Jesus. And you know what? That was my role. His role now is to remember his baby brother. <laughs> it hadn't quite happened yet, but you know, life isn't over yet. How many of you know that? You've got to understand your role. You may not be where Boaz is right now. You've got to plant seeds. You've got to develop, let God develop your character, and he's going to develop in you what he's going to have for you. Now, Here's the other situation. Here's Ruth. Ruth is positive. She's a hard worker, we're going to see. But man, she's broke. She, I'm not going to say that. She's just broke, okay? She, she doesn't have anything, but she has this. She asked her mom. Mom, her mother-in-law, I need to go work. I want to go work. Can, she asked permission, can I leave you to go work? And the mom says, please, yeah. And this is her prayer. Look at verse, verse 2. Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain. And then she says, after one in whose sight I may find favor. I think the girl had the right head on her shoulder. She says, I want to be able to shine. And I want to be able to shine in front, around people, to the place that I get noticed. You said, no, that wasn't in her heart. No, she said, find favor. Guys, can I just tell you, it is not wrong for you to want to work and to stand out. In fact, I want to encourage every one of you to have an attitude. It says, you know, I'm going to work and I'm going to stand out. I want to do a job that goes, wow, what's, what's it about that person? And then you get an opportunity to testify about the grace and mercy of God in your life. That's what Jesus said. See, this is what he said in, um, Matthew, in, in uh, Matthew 5. He said, work heartily as unto the Lord, and men will see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Okay? It's not wrong. God says, work in order to glorify him. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So anyway, I'm running out of time. I'm sorry. Can't help it. I can't help it. That's the problem. So Boaz was all of that here comes Ruth. She was a hard worker. She wanted to work hard. She asked to be placed in a position where she could shine. And then look what she did. It says she started early in the morning. When, when Boaz noticed her, it was already time for a break. She was taking a break. But then here's what verse 17, if you can slow down, slide down on the slides. It says she gleaned in the field until evening. Then 
So she worked all day. It wasn't, it wasn't 9 to 5, as Dolly would sing. It wasn't 9 to 5. This was like from 6 to 6, okay? She worked all day. Then she just didn't have this pile of, of stalks. And, and we, it says, then she beat them out. They had to take the grain and beat the grain out of it so that all was left was the stalks that they didn't use. And the scripture says that she had a, almost a whole bushel of pure grain at the end of the day. She worked hard. God blesses it. So she was given favor. Uh, Boaz notices her. She no, he notices her hard work. Um, she asked the question, how, how come you're, you're being gracious to me? Because this is what he said. You can read this in chapter 2. He says, look, I want you to be careful. He said, I don't want you to work out there anywhere in the field because you're a foreigner. People could be you know, evil to you. I want you to work with my girls. You work with our, our field workers. You work with them. Stay close to them and you'll be protected. She does that all day. At night, he feeds her. He, he makes her some bread. How many of y'all know, you know, uh, the, the movie's developing right here. So he makes her some bread, takes her some food. She eats it. Then she, you say, well, that's nice. No, he lets her go back to work. What? Yeah. Bell rings, it's time to go back to work. So, Colossians 3.24 gets fulfilled. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance and your reward. You're serving the Lord Christ. She fulfilled that. She fulfilled all of that. God blessed her. She was the hard worker. She found favor even as she prayed. But here's what happened. He says, she, she asked him, found, why are you being so nice to me? And this is what he said. Listen, you, all of, every single one of us will have a reputation. Now, fortunately, unfortunately, some of our reputations are still back here with the bad seed. How many of you know that? It will change. You will not always be known as Rahab the prostitute. How many of you know that? It will change. If you keep planting good seed, if you pl keep planting good seed, it will change. He says, we know, I know who you are. You are Naomi, the former wife of Elimelech. I don't know how to say it. You're his wife, Naomi's daughter-in-law. I heard that your husband died. I heard that your brother-in-law died. And then I heard that you came back to help Naomi survive. He says, I know who you are. Can I just tell you this? God has a way of raising you up in the eyes of the people that need to know who you are. Can you trust God with that? You say, no, pastor, I want to know who I am now. Can I just tell you this? God has his timing, and he will do in you his plans, his good plans. So we have to be content with that. We have to trust God with it and know that God will do it. Allie Bruner is leading our staff to talk about this very crisis. That's why I wanted to speak on this today. It's, it's the crisis of poverty being in the same presence with people that maybe have great wealth. Because, you know, when you have a church of a few hundred people, several hundred people like ours, we have all types of people, amen? And, and we're going to see in a minute, that's why we have all types of groups. But she's leading us in a study talking about uh, how do you really raise the water level for everybody in the harbor? How do you get people out of poverty? 
to where they become self-sufficient. And it, it, can I just tell you, it's not an easy fix. It is not an easy fix. And we do have promises. But in this book by, uh, it's called Shalom, but Bob Lufton is the, one of the writers, and he wrote another book called Toxic Charity. And I want to read these two things as I close. He said, if Boaz had just given food to Ruth, it may have met a need, but it would not have developed her future. Because, yes, you could get the wheat yourself, you could build the bread, you could package it and stuff, and just give out handouts. I mean, just give out free ones. And can I tell you, there have been times in my life when I, I went to the food bank just like the rest of everybody and, and benefited from it. And there's been times when we had food banks and there's, there's seasons. But this, listen to what, listen to what uh, Bob Lufton said. He says, given to those in need when they could be gaining from their own initiative, it may well be the kindest way to destroy someone. Giving to somebody in need what they could be gaining from their own initiative may well be the hardest, the, the, the kindest way to destroy people. That's a, that's, boy, that makes you think. He said this too. He says, nothing affirms humanity and dignity more than honest work. One of the surest ways to destroy self-worth is by subsidizing the idleness of able-bodied people. Now, Ruth had great qualities, and she had one other one. You see, she was a hard worker. She was not negligent. She did, she did ask God to bless her. She did depend on God to do it. She committed. She said, let me shine, Lord. Put me in the game. I, I, I want to play. And she did those things. But then one last thing. This is so good. After she, she worked all day, she beat it all out. Scripture says this. She gleaned, verse 17, 18. She gleaned and beat out over a bushel of barley. And she took it and went into the city. She probably sold some of it. She took some to her mother-in-law that she had gleaned so her mother-in-law could make bread and eat. And she also kept what was left over. Can I just tell you what happened? She was generous. She was generous. And I, the word that keeps coming up over and over in this message as you look at these people is the word generosity. Now let me ask you this. Do you feel like you're a generous person? Or are you stingy? What's his name? You see, God blesses generosity to people that you work with, to people that you serve with, to people uh, in your home. And that doesn't mean you have to support all these people because if you steal the blessing from them of them being able to earn for themselves what they could, you're stealing their human dignity and you're stealing the ability for them to develop a, a positive self-worth and, and a positive self-identity. And guys, can I just encourage us, as we read through this book of Ruth, we're, you're going to be confronted with things. That's what's so good about the Word of God. And that's why every Sunday is a great Sunday, because you don't ever know what word you're going to hear. And what the Holy Spirit does is He takes that word and shines it into your heart and lets you respond to it. So my, my prayer is, is that God has said something to you about being uh, that type of person who's going to let God prosper you. And... If you're a Boaz, hey, be generous. Amen? Be generous. Can you say amen to this? 
Sweetheart, will you come up here? This is my wife. We're, we, we want to do something for you. You see, we're all in seasons, and we're in seasons financially. We know that's true, and uh, I'm going to pray for that in a minute. We're all in different seasons, but we're also in different seasons of spiritual growth, right? And sometimes when we start, when we do uh, things to help us grow spiritually, and, and we do small groups, one of the things, we need some just follow-up groups. We just need some basic groups, you know, just how to get into the Word, how to read the Bible, how to study the Bible, those type of things. And we have some of those. Some of you have been walking with the Lord for a long time. And uh, maybe you need a different type of group. Maybe you're married and you've been married for five years. We'd have groups for that. You've been married for 46 years like Bo and, and Barbara. Are they here this morning? Uh, they were in first service. 46 years they've been married. Uh, it, it, you might need a different type of group. But the thing is, we, we have some stuff for you. So anyway. Hi. Hi. Hey. Good morning. Thank you for being here today. Aren't you grateful for the sunshine? Yeah. So good. Even if it's four degrees, this Florida girl is grateful for the sun. My name is Mary, and I want to tell you about some uh, great opportunities for the new people. Some of you who have been here for for a while know our systems for small groups, but let me draw your attention to this, which is on your seat or around you. So feel free to grab that and, and look at that right now. At SEC, we have a small group ministry and we desire to have a place and a time and a group available for all of us. So there are small groups literally in the morning and the evenings of every day of the week for you. Now, what is a small group? What does it do? Well, all of our groups are Bible-based, but they're not just Bible studies. All of our groups have prayer, but it's just not an hour and a half of praying. And all of our groups offer support, but our small group ministry, is they're not support groups. So what are they, do you ask? Inquiring minds wanna know. Our small groups are a place for you to grow spiritually, for you to connect with other people, to make friends. And our small groups are, are to be a place where you can ask questions, uh, a safe place where you can question what you heard on Sundays. It could be explained to you by someone who is dug in a little bit deeper and for you to grow. And I would say personally for my life, I am where I am still as far as in the Lord, walking and growing because I've dedicated my life to be in a small group and to teach small groups. That's the fastest way and the safest way that I've stayed connected and been challenged and grown. So we wanna offer you today uh, with our QR code where you can sign up for groups and you can see what every group is here. One of the way it works is that group number one, if you're interested in that, our group leader is, is at the number one on the wall. If you're interested in group number 20, they go around the room and up to 30. And the group leaders, you can go by your number and after church, if you would like to meet them, you can actually go and find out about their group, how long it's gonna meet and how to get involved, right? Amen. And uh, as you look at these, um, in fact, I'm going to ask some of our leaders, if you want to go ahead and be moving over toward your number, that'll be good because um, 
like, like, and there's different times. Like, uh, one will be over here. That's uh, Shanna, Shannon and uh, Ron. Ron Martindale. And that group, Love and Respect, it's one of our, it, it's a very popular group. It talks about marriage relationships. Uh, a very important group, number two on here, is Shape. And it's, got, it's over at the bridge, but if you ever want to know, where do I plug in? How do I, I, I don't want to just come and sit every Sunday. I, I know I need to do something. Uh, Shape is a great class where you discover that. Uh, number three over here is going to be a new, it's brand new, Otto Thorwith. He's, he's our movie star, by the way. I don't know if you ever, uh, he, uh, Otto's a good guy. He, he, you ever see the movie um, uh, Secretariat? Secretariat? Yeah, he was the professional jockey. Uh, in that movie. So if you want to be in a movie stars group, you can go to his. Uh, <laughs> but he, he's, he's chaplain over at the racetrack, so he does a good ministry. Grief share, if you've been through some stuff. Guys, there's a whole list of them. We even have recreational groups. Um, Bible study fellowship on Tuesdays. Uh, Tuesday night's huge. Okay, I wanted to talk about that. Okay. On Tuesday night, Pastor Brad and Jackie are going to be leading a, a, gr a large group Bible study here at SEC. It's going to uh, be on the book uh, Unoffendable. And some of you may have done the study in the past, The Bait of Satan. Well, this is a different uh, author, a different book, and it's great. And um, they are going to lead that together in the theater room, and there's going to be tables set up. So if you want to get to know our pastor and his wife and sit under their teaching for a while and go through the book Unoffendable, that is going to be amazing, an amazing group. So here's what some of you are thinking, oh, I'd really like to do that, but I also want to do this group. Can we tell you that you can go to more than one group in a week? Many people go to a morning group on one day and the evening group on, on a night. And so you are free to, to delve into that as much as you want. Yeah. Also here on Tuesday nights, um, it's going to be a new group for people that are 30 and 40 years old. Right. Because uh, if, if you're in that category, you know how tough it is with child care. And, you know, finding somebody to babysit. So we're going to try to provide child care here. We've got to know who, who else coming and, and if you need child care. But we're going to try to alleviate every obstacle you have to being able to be in a group. Also, over at the bridge on Tuesday nights, busy night. That's our family CR night. And that's all, these are more support groups. So that, that happens over there, and it's a, a great time. Also here, Chosen's going to be here. How many of y'all have ever seen the movie series Chosen? Yeah, so it? good. Can I just tell you, it really takes on another dimension when you take time and talk about it with people and watch parts of it. So we, we have a few of those groups. It's going to be really good. Well, let's tell the people how to sign up because you have to sign up, if you, especially if you need child care. So we've got to quit talking and get going. And she's, so, she's so consistent. Um, I gotta do. I gotta advertise one more. Oh, uh, okay. guys, there's a whole bunch of them in here. But we still do rooted. How many? We've had a lot of our church go through rooted. We have three rooted groups uh, signed up for this uh, Wednesday on Wednesday nights. And if you want some basic discipleship, you're a new new believer. This might be a good group for you. We have three different opportunities. It's going to be over at the uh, bridge. There's a whole lot more in here. Please read those. I know you can read. We're going to stop. And here's what you do. You, we're going to have some great listening music, and you look through there and see which, read through here which group you think is going to be best for you. Then you go over to one of these numbers and meet the, meet the facilitator, or you can just go straight and, and put that uh, QR code that's on the back of your sheet. It's on the very back, 
or here, and it'll take you right to our website. And you, and you click on which group you want, and it'll sign you up right there. Now, you do have to type in your name and your phone number and your email and stuff, but then our leaders will get that information, and we'll contact you, okay? We'll get in touch with you. But you have to make some effort. Be like, uh, be like uh, Ruth. You got to get into the field, right? So, so do what you need to do, and we believe you're going to find a great place. You're going to grow uh, this semester. It's going to be a great time of growth. We believe revival's coming to our church. Can you say amen to that? Next and what Sunday, that means right? is, is just life, life, life. Life's going to spring up. Okay, we're going to quit talking. Uh, you don't have to leave yet. I'm going to pray for you. And if you want to go meet some of these people and just go ahead and get signed up, now's the time. Father, bless this church. Thank you that you are. Thank you for blessing our groups, our group leaders. Lord, our volunteer leaders are just willing to let you flow through them to minister to other people. Thank you for all that's happening and all that's going to happen in the next few months in the life of our church. We thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless.